Man, what a sweet time of worship this morning. And I want to thank you for being here. If you came in after we started this morning, I want to welcome you. If this is your first time at Keystone Church, uh, welcome. We want to thank you so much for being here. If this is uh, first time in a while or second time, whatever it may be, welcome back. Good to see you. Everybody slid in here good today. That's good. How many of you where you were, uh, you're, on a, you're off a main road and you slid in a little bit this morning? Raise your hand if that was you. All right. Sarah, you were good? That's good. I was worried about my wife. We have a little hill uh, on, on the road that we're on. Um, so she made it in. That's good. Should have checked on that beforehand, but that's okay. Um, but uh, the main road, we got some people that walked here today. You know, they're all right. You didn't slide on the sidewalk or anything. Everybody made it in good. All right, that's good. And um, Olivia, you slid on the sidewalk, and you're expecting. Please don't do that. You know, we tried to keep all the sidewalks clear. Blame, uh, blame Aaron. Anyway, um, but uh, no, I'm excited about today. Um, the Wagners are here, and the Wagners, Tom Wagner is um, a father in ministry to me. Um, he is who, he is who, I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> um, and what I mean by that is this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. He loves young pastors. He pastor, he's pastoring and done for 40 years. He's retiring. They're in the, they're in the final stages of a three-year transition into his retirement and a, and a, a pastor coming in to take over. Um, he's pastored for decades, and he's more excited today about younger pastors reaching communities than anything in this world. I want to be that guy. I want to be the encourager of other people. And I appreciate him. So this is his second time coming. Now, we weren't able to do Friday night and Saturday. So we're going to probably have to work on this, getting this back on the schedule, even if we have um, But now that you've been twice, um, i got to give you guys something because now you're officially a part of the fam, right? You're a part of the Keystone fam. So this is derived from the word family. A group of people who love unconditionally, give sacrificially, and serve selflessly for God's glory. So um, this is for, I got one of each for both of you guys. So let's give them a hand there. They, that's, that's not his love offering, all right? Don't think, like, man, you brought this guy over here and gave him two t-shirts. But no, we didn't do that. Didn't do that. Um, one of the things that's taking place uh, this coming week is some of the, the, the pastoral staff there at the church that, in, in Central and Dunn, uh, they, the wives are going on a trip. They are taking Terry to Disney World. Is that supposed to be on live stream, Terry? All right. They're not watching. Yeah, right. They watch ours all the time. They try to see what to do, how we do it. And I'm just kidding. Welcome to all of our Central Baptist family in Dunn. Thank you for joining us today. But they're going to Disney World. So we didn't want her to go to Disney World unprepared. And so we have uh, just a gift card. This is for you to buy yourself something. We Listen. This is $100. It's not a lot. We know that buys like two pairs of socks at Disney World. But uh, can, we, can we give her a hand and just have her enjoy her time? How many of you understand if the pastor's pastored a church for 40 years, his wife probably feels like he's pastored that church for 80, right? And so we want to honor that. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. That's something that we want to make sure that we always do. Behind, you know, in, any, whatever, whenever there's a, a family involved, whether it's people serving here or whatnot, anytime... Uh, someone serving or someone serves the Lord, it's always a team effort. Um, even even if one of them is more front and center and the other one's behind the scenes. So we want to always honor that. Uh, Pastor Tom, I appreciate him. We went out to eat last night. We got talking um, about shoes. Pastor Tom has got a hat. He didn't wear it. Did you got your hat? 
Let's throw that thing on real quick. So anybody watch Blacklist? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to talk about that at church. Um, so put, throw the thing on real quick. Man, tell me my man don't look like he's on Blacklist. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. That's right, that's right. Yep, yep. So we got talking about style. And I'm like, you know, when I'm your age, I'm going to wear that hat. And I said, since we're talking about that, he was talking about shoes. And I said, man, you got to wear some hey dudes. And you hear from me with hey dudes, he wears Crocs, which is fine. They're a little socially unacceptable, right? And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to give the first $20. Um, hey dudes are $60 plus that. So let's say $65. So what we're going to do at the end today, any cash that's undesignated back on that back table, I'm going to give the first 20 He's got, He has to, Terry, you got to, he has to buy a pair of hey dudes and then give us some feedback. All right? They're the most incredible things of like walking on air. And so I'm going to give the first 20 um, but I, I, I am excited about him. Here's in all seriousness, and I'm going to shut up and let me come preach. Um, he loves the Lord. He loves his family. His son Stephen's a good friend of mine, um, so I know that. Um, he loves the church, the local church. And I said this this week to some friends. The only people I want to hear talk about local church ministry are people that are serving local church ministry. There's a lot of experts out there that are consultants or whatever they are. It's like, man, what, do you, what local church are you currently serving? Um, I like to hear people preach and teach and, and care for the local church who are involved in local church. And I appreciate that. And that he has a heart for, I'll use the word revival, um, for spiritual renewal. And, um, and that's what I want. Now, had we had Friday night and Saturday, we would be sitting here today after sitting through sessions of spiritual renewal. Um, and so that's the plan. Uh, but today, he's going to bring a message from God's word that, that the Lord gave him. Can we do this? Can we thank both of them for being here today? But let's give Pastor Tom a hand as he comes and preaches to us this morning. Well, it's okay. Well, I can, I can, I'll figure this out one way or the other. I'm going to, yeah, I, I, I use both my hands. I got a little Bible and and uh, so we'll figure this out one way or the other. Thank you for that. I, have you ever seen that one old man that tries to look young? Or, or women are terrible about this, you know. And if you've had lots of procedures, there's nobody old in here much. Uh, so it won't affect any of you. But I Claire, one time me and Terry were walking behind this couple in the mall. I mean, he was ripped big time. We were in Myrtle Beach. You remember this, Terry? At the Coastal Grand Mall, and this, and then this, you know, it looked like. I mean, she had the whole outfit on, and from the back, it looked like two like twenty year olds walking. And when she turned around, it scared the life out of me. I'll be honest with you, it frightened me, and him too. And they were just, you know, they, they kind of wanted to be some something different. So I'm hoping I don't look like a weirdo when I put on the hey dude shoes. And my grandkids wear them, man. But I am going to try them. First people make fun of me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about all of you. Boy, the worship this morning was great. I was blessed by that. I, I hope y'all just go ahead and take that for granted and pretend like this happens everywhere. Uh, and, and if you want to really be amazed by the presence of the Lord in your own worship services, why don't you go online or to the live feeds of a lot of these churches and discover uh, what you really have. Because I, I was propelled. I was texting Darren, our worship guy, these songs. He said, we sing that first one. There's joy in the house of the Lord. He said, you're usually walking around speaking to people all the time. We do that one. And I shot him the last one. And it's amazing to me how the Holy Spirit will lay out uh, the, the worship just before the message he had planned. 
And we're going to talk about love this morning. We want to talk about loving Jesus this morning and, and uh, loving the Father and loving the Holy Ghost. And I have a word uh, from the Lord about that. But I was thinking in the worship, that song about God's faithfulness, here was the verse that came to my heart. Uh, he's the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. So whether it happened in the past or way back there or whether you're involved in it right now or what's coming in the future, boy, I, I rejoice in that. And then they were singing about the love of God and, and loving the church. Honestly, uh, if you came to me and said, Brother Tom, we really love you, but we really despise Terry, I'd have a problem with you, and I wouldn't think you knew how to love me at all. You see, you can't love God without loving his bride and the church. And so I'm glad. It excites me every time I'm here. I went over and looked in the new uh, uh, upgraded uh, two-point whatever in the auditorium. Is that what you call it, the worship center? What do we call it, auditorium? It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's cold, but it's really nice. <laughs> One day we'll be in it. Won't that be fun? Something we can look forward to. You don't, can't have many, many more days in here just because I, uh, just even on a day like this where the weather and the roads uh, to see this group encourages me uh, beyond measure. I want you to turn to Romans 15 in your Bibles or you can look at it on the screen. And I want to talk about love. Because this weekend was to be about uh, marriage and family and love. And did you know whether you're really young or whether you're not so young or you're in the middle somewhere, did you know there's, it's impossible for you to love your spouse the way the Lord says you're supposed to love your spouse without understanding this truth I'm going to preach this morning. It's impossible for you to love your parents and your children and your siblings and others. Hey, we were in Target yesterday. We got there a little early because I didn't know it. I didn't know how bad the roads would be. So we left early to meet the pastor and Sarah and the girls. And we got there a little early and we went over and we walked around uh, Sam's a little bit and Target. We don't have a Sam's in Dunn. We have nothing in Dunn. You want to know the truth about that? We have Burger King. But we walked around Sam's a little bit and the phone rang and it was a, a family. When I was a little boy, I, my dad drank alcohol and drank himself to death really when I was 10 years old. And uh, we were very poor. They lived in a neighborhood where uh, there were these families two doors down from us, two women that were close to my mother. One of them, her husband had left her and moved to Florida. The other one, her husband had abandoned her and left her with the children. And then my father had died. So it was those three women and me. I was the only boy, my little brother and me. And then uh, two sets of girls from both families. Well, one of those girls... Uh, girls now, she's probably 70 because she was a little older than me. She's a girl. She passed. So they called me on the telephone. Hey, do you know someone that could, in Winston-Salem, that could do the graveside? Well, yeah, I know somebody. Me. I'm going to be there if there's any way I can. Did you know I can't love people from my past? I can't love people in my community. I can't love those people in the church. I can't love you or the church we're going to be at next week. I can't, I can't understand any of that until I grasp this little truth. And when I, as a young preacher, I would hear an old man preach on the love of the Spirit. The love of the Spirit. And we're told a lot about loving Jesus. He gets a lot of press, and I think he should. But did you know he was only here for 33 and a half years. Did you know how long the Holy Ghost has been here? I mean, and we, we don't talk about him very much at all. We're scared to death, too, because the people down the street, you know, fall out and foam at the mouth and stuff. Uh, but the reality is uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit 
A lot of people have, are closer to it than we are because we have not recognized that it's Him that shows us how to love God. And the, the work of the Spirit is a joy to me. I'm going to give you, first of all, before we get into that, uh, and I don't, whatever translation you have, I hope you don't mind me reading in the old one uh, because it's where my memory work is and stuff like that. If it's an offense, I'll read the thing here. But what I wanted you to see is there are four things that I've been praying for my meetings, and I've been praying it over your church. Not just for this morning, but that it would continue. And there are four things. We talked about this on the phone. And when I was talking about it, I got so fired up about it. He said, maybe you should preach that. And I hadn't even thought about it. So I said, okay, Lord. Did you know God does speak in four ways? Remember that? Henry Blackaby, the experiencing God's study. God speaks through prayer. You ever been praying? Man, the Lord just speaks. God speaks through uh, the circumstances. God speaks through the scriptures. And God speaks through the church, one another. So I said, okay, maybe I will. All right, look at, at verse 30. Uh, one. There are four, four elements here, and then I'm going to give you my message. Just I'm going to tell you what I'm praying over you and what I'm believing God for, what I think is already occurring here. Number one, Paul was about to make a trip there, and he said, uh, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. Here's what he's saying. When I come, I hope there will be some people of faith there, some people that will have enough faith to believe God. Did you know where we're sitting right now? in a manifestation of somebody's faith. Not just yours to get here, but somebody years ago believed God and built a church building out here and saw God at work. I mean, and, and really, some of you are here because of the faith of someone else. Your mama that prayed for you. Or your daddy, or your grandmama, or your grand... Hey, look, we walk by faith and not by sight. If we're going to build a church, if we're going to be a part of the gospel work, we must be people of faith. You, I bet you envision one day when you're thinking about starting a church, did, did you envision a, a worship team that would be this awesome? Really, be honest about it. Uh, you, you didn't. You, worship, you, you imagined a worship team, but nothing like this. God's blessed you beyond your faith. When I was a boy, there was a church across town. Name, the name of the church was Woodland Baptist Church. Now remember, I'm, I'll be 62 my birthday coming up in a few weeks. And that church across town had a big old choir. And it set up so high, almost nosebleed in that big old... And it had a balcony down this side and balcony down this side. That building was filled with people and they would shout, Pastor, it was on. You heard the name Zeno Gross. Brother Zeno would preach and that choir would sing the glory down. Before he ever preached, it made it easier. That was the... My, that was the old days. That was the worship team. It was that choir with them old women. And I still remember them old women and old men, big tears streaming down their face. They got a glimpse of Jesus like your bunch did this morning. And I'd sit there as a little boy, and God had called me to preach when I was 13 years old. And I would say, Lord, will you give me a choir like that one day? God, please, please give me a choir. I want a choir. I want a big old choir. And the Lord sent me to Dunn. I thought, how in the world, Lord, can I have a choir like that in Dunn? There are not that many people in Dunn. But you know what the Lord did? Took me to Jacksonville, Florida, to the First Baptist Church. You ever been to the First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida? There was an old man there by the name of Homer G. Lindsay, Jr. And what he would teach is love Jesus. Teach your people to love Jesus. He would sit there with us pastors, young boys, and he'd say, just teach them to know God. Teach them to love Jesus. Everything will be all right. Teach them. That building was massive, 10,000 seats. When they went in it and turned the key, it was paid for. They had a big old choir too. I said, Lord, there it is again. I want a choir like that. And I started dreaming my dreams. And then there were other people that poured into my life. Do you ever remember the name? And I'm hurrying. I'm telling a couple stories because I don't get to come here very often. I'm getting in the text. Just hold on a minute. Uh, I'm getting in there. But Northside Baptist Church was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Dr. W. Jack Hudson. 
I got to meet him, spend some time with him before he died. But he built one of the greatest churches in North Carolina back in those days. Guess what they had? Big choir. I said, Lord, please. I want. Did you know, I'm going to tell you, if you go to Central, not this morning, the roads are icy and country people scared to death about uh, ice and snow. <clears throat> but if you'll go there on Sunday and look up and listen, that old choir, there's about 150 in it when all of them's there. Nothing, very seldom all of them there, but 130 or so on an average. And they're singing the glory down. Boy, it makes it easy to step up and preach. I'm talking about faith. Did you see number one? I'm hurrying now. He said, deliver me from them that do not believe in Judea. Number two, there's a second thing I'm praying over you. Look at the second thing. He said, now, also, Lord, that I want you, I want you that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. In other words, what I have to offer and present this morning, and what I have to offer in these revival meetings, Pastor, that they'll get it that they'll receive it. They won't just hear it, let it go in one ear and out the other, but they'll leave here after a set of worship like we just enjoyed, knowing that God is faithful and hanging on to him a little more and loving Jesus a little more because of being, Lord, I want them to get it. I don't want us just to go to church, go through the motions. I want us to get it. Receive the gift. Boy, did you know every time we come together, God has a gift for you? I love gifts. I like T-shirts. I'm enjoying that. I didn't appreciate the one statement in your thing about Give sacrificially. You ain't getting my money. I just want you to know that right now. No, I know I, I want to give too and pour into this, but I'll, here's what I want you to know. There's the second thing I'm praying over your church. Number three, look at the third one in the text. Number three, this is my part. This will be what, by the way, boy, God's blessed you with leadership. People talk about him. They talk about him too. I, I know you know what you got, but look at what he said about it, that I might come unto you with joy by the will of God. Let me tell you something. When you notice that the joy is gone from these pastors, then you, you minister to them. I got an old man right now. He's 80-some years old, and he ministers to me every Sunday I'm there. His name's George Williams. He's about that high. Every hair's in place. Had to take his wife to the nursing home this year. But when he stands there, he'll come out. When I'm going out the door, I know what's coming. He puts his arms around me. He's been a godly deacon all these years. And he says, Pastor, I love you, son. He calls me son still. It feels good to be called son at 62. I'll just tell you, I love you, son. And boy, that's one of the best messages you've ever preached. He says the same thing all the time. But I really believe he means it. Other people minister to me, but I want to tell you something. If I get to be a little part of what God's doing in your life, I'll be one happy rascal. I'll just be honest with you about that. I'm, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity. And I praise the Lord for you and for your passion and the joy of the Lord. Come on with the joy every Sunday. Whether they got it or not, you have it. We won't be the thermometers. We're going to be the thermostats. We're going to be the ones that bring the joy and trust God with all of that. And uh, Pastor Aaron, I, I told, I told uh, Jeremy when he got back, when I got back from here the last time and I'd been in y'all's office, I saw that little board with all the, the planning you did and everything. I chewed him out. My children's pastor, I chewed him out. I said, we need to plan like that. You need to. He despised you before he ever met you. <laughs> but I talked about you both so much that when it came time to have our family event the other week, um, they talked about the ministry you had to all of them and, and poured into them and how they brought you there to service. I, I just want you both to know, and every other, Tim, Jeff, everybody else in this church, I pray for you all. I'm so proud of you, group leaders. 
everybody that will be leaders in this church, the people that aren't even here right now that will come, I'm going to tell you that one of the big deals is we've got to come with joy by the will of God. When we step up to preach, we have to have a word from the Lord. It's not, it's not good enough for us just to study some little subject. Somebody else has been studying. We need to know what, is, what does God say for that morning for this church. I'm going to come with joy. Next week, I'm going to Southgate Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. You know the young pastor. He's in your idea network. I ain't so sure what I think about all the ideas. Who cares what everybody else's ideas is? I want to know what God's ideas is, but forget all that. All right, now, uh, here's what I want you to know. I'm going to that thing, man, I can't wait, and I'm going with joy in the will of God. By the way, it wasn't the will of God for us to have family weekend. I don't like it. I wanted to be with you all weekend, but the Lord had a different plan. I wonder who's going to come that didn't get to come when we get together the next time. I wonder whose family is going to be at a place where God can really do a supernatural work in them when we meet next time. I don't know, but he knows that. He's faithful. Now, now, finally, there's one more thing. This is my favorite thing, and it's already, I see it here this morning. He said, look at 4, verse 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be, re and may, I forgot the refreshment part. I've already been refreshed this morning. Look at verse 33, number 4. Now the God of peace be with you all, amen. Just the felt presence of God. May the God of peace be right here. May he be right here with us. Can I just ask you a question? How many of you feel God's presence this morning from the worship to now? Will you say amen right now? Will you just be honest about it? And by the way, if you don't feel God's presence, you may have some sin in your life or you may be lost. But when I get in a room when the worship of God has been so sweet and the word of God is being offered, if something ain't right happening in my heart, I, I, I may need to search my soul. But this morning, I, I want to talk to you about love because I want you to be able to love each other. I want you to be able to love um, your pastors. I want you to be able to love uh, your friends and your community and your young'uns. And I want you to be able to love people that are not so lovable. So I want you to notice that little phrase in verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. That's a pretty good reason. And for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. The love of the Holy Spirit. Father, would you take the simple truths that I have this morning from your servant and would you help us together with our worship this morning, that last song, to love your son more than we did when we came in here and to develop a deeper and sweeter uh, compassion, love for him, a communion with him that we've never had before. And then Lord helps to love you more, Father. And then Holy Spirit, we want to understand what it means to love you in Jesus' name, amen. As a young preacher, I went to an old-fashioned camp meeting by the way, I recommend this every now and then. It's good for you to go to a camp meeting. They, uh, their meetings, oh, they still have them, a few of them in the mountains and around. And everything you might not agree with or like, but there'll be something, one or two things there that might help you. And I, I remember walking in and there were shavings on the, on the ground. They brought in fresh cedar shavings. And the old saints would come out of those mountains to that camp meeting. And there was an old man that would come to preach. His name was A.C. Carpenter. He's long been in heaven now for years and years, but he would preach on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he walked in the Spirit in an unusual way, so much so that as a young man of God, I really wanted what he had. 
I said, Lord, I know the Spirit of God lives in me, but he's not filling me the way he's filling Brother Carpenter, and it won't be long, and he's going to be in heaven, and God, I want that mantle, and I want some of that on me, and I want to be able to share it with others, because I found out that little verse that says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that cometh to me, listen to this, as he that cometh to me, the Bible says, out of his belly, his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit. I want the Spirit flowing out of me. I want the love of Christ through the Spirit flowing out of me like it is him, Lord. And he was preaching. <clears throat> and I remember he sent me home to memorize the Scripture. But for sake of time, I won't tell you that. But he talked about the love of the Spirit. He read that text. But he never described it very much. He's like me. He wasn't a good teacher. He's just a preacher. He's a, he proclaimed truth, declared truth. But I've always wondered, Lord, are you talking about me loving you, you loving me? The manifestation of the Holy Spirit's love, what, what would that look like? And then I saw it, <clears throat> and it wasn't long ago. And if you'll look back to chapter 5, keep your finger here for a minute, and I want you to look at chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, and a verse that everybody here probably, well, lots of us anyway, know. Uh, Romans chapter 5, speaking about justification and grace, he said in verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God, look at this, is shed abroad in our hearts by who? By the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which tells me I can't love, I do love you, but I can't love you. Do you know how come I love you? The same spirit lives in you, lives in me. He's helping me know how to love. You know how I love Terry. 41 years. May it be 42 years we've been together. Imagine that. 42 long years. No, it's been a blessing. She's different than me in every way. I'm going to talk about that when we meet together. Our, our backgrounds are different. Our giftings are different. Our tastes are different in so many things, even after 42 years. I want you to understand something. The only way I can love Terry the way Christ loved the church according to verse 5, is that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And understanding the whole ministry of the love of the Holy Ghost starts right there. Now let me give you three, three things, uh, just simple things and a couple quick stories. Have you heard of Long Hollow Baptist Church? Long Hollow. Oh my goodness. Last year between January and May, 1,200 people came to faith in Jesus and followed the Lord in believers' baptism. A move of God like you can't imagine. Amazing. That cost them something. One of the guys that was the closest to the pastor that did the podcast with him, I was listening to it one time, and then the next week I found out he died very tragically. God used so many things to keep that church, to get their attention. And, and they were, the Spirit of God was being poured out in an unusual way. Let me shift that from the large church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, to a little small church in Sampson County where I pastor. They didn't have a pastor last year. And so they invited an old boy, I call him the redneck John the Baptist. His name is David Pate. Any hunters in this room may look periodically at his... And, and follow Real World Outdoors. It's a ministry called Real World Outdoors. Let me tell you about this guy. He's got thousands of followers. He goes down in the woods. It's where he has his prayer time and, and does his pocket. He's cut a tree off and he's got a pulpit that's a stump, Pastor. I'm not joking. Now. He is a straight up, in your face, rambling prophet. And he goes, they, that, the deacons, no pastor now, decide they need a revival. 
they asked David to come. And the wind of heaven began to blow in that little church. Cars everywhere. We went down there one night, Pastor Cameron and I, just to see are there genuine elements of revival. I'm talking about, listen to me, the success, the significance, the influence of this ministry will be strongly dependent upon our understanding of the Holy Spirit of God and our understanding of the love of the Spirit. I'm telling you it's so crucial to everything we do. If he's not welcomed, if he's not sought, can I, can I tell you something out of my heart? And I hope it don't hurt anybody and I hope this don't go viral so everybody sees it. But I go in churches where everything is so absolutely ordered that there's no room for the Holy Spirit to step in if he wants to. You can't change that. You can't change anything. Every now and then I just really tear them out of the frame. You know how you do that? Right in the middle of the set when the Spirit of God is moving before they finish the last three and Myrtle gets to do her solo. I'll just step up and say, I believe the Lord's here and it's time to preach. Would it be all right if I go ahead and preach? Now the people are nodding. But the worship team's going, but, but wait, hold. I never felt that here. But I want you to know, listen to me, whatever we're doing, we need to give way and, re and, and release our control to the place where the Holy Spirit of God can work in our lives personally. Hey, we may have our minds set on something that needs to change. Let me give you the three things that the Lord's speaking to me about on the love of the Spirit. Number one, I want to tell you that this love of the Spirit involves three elements. Element number one, did you know it was the Holy Spirit that showed us how much God loved us? Did you recognize that? Do you think you just figured that out on your own? No, the, the, the love of God was spread abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Spirit that showed you you were a sinner. It was the Holy Spirit that revealed to you that God loved you. It may have been while they were singing. It may have been a long time ago. It may have been you listened to a worship song or a podcast. But it was the Holy Spirit that got in the car with you to let you know that there's a God in heaven who's perfect and sinless and awesome and he loves you like crazy. You are his favorite. You're, you're the apple of his eye. Did you know that this morning? You're the object of his affection. If he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. I tell people that all the time. I really believe that. You are fair. And it was, you know, how I know that is the Holy Spirit showed me that. Not only that, did you know the Holy Spirit showed me not only how much God loves me, the Holy Spirit continues to show me, including this morning, how much Jesus loves me. You ever felt like nobody loves you? Every now and then, everybody goes through one of those spells. You know, we want to sing that little song. Um, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll eat some worms. You ever sung that song? It's a beautiful song. I think it's a worship chorus. But here's what I want you to know. I want you to understand something. Everybody feels that sometimes. Sometimes, as much as I love Terry, I don't feel like she loves me. You know, the enemy will lie to you. Anybody, nobody else has the enemy ever whisper in your ear that you're not loved or appreciated or whatever else. But I want to tell you what the Holy Spirit, if we're filled with him and we're listening to him and we're discerning what he has to say through his word, which, by the way, he wrote the Bible, uh, and he's the one that will help you understand how much not only God loves you and how much Jesus loves you. You see, it was the Holy Spirit that did that through the inspiration of Scripture when he breathed, God breathed, and the Spirit inspired men to write down these things as well as just times when he comes to you. 
Number one, element number one, it was the Holy Spirit that showed us how much God loved us and how much Jesus loves us. Number two, did you know it was the Holy Spirit? I'm talking about the love of the Spirit, three elements. The love of the Spirit also involves, it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us how to love God. <laughs> you think you know how to love somebody big as God? You know who taught you that? By the way, when we love God, here's a little element of Scripture we all love out of that little text in Deuteronomy. It's again in the New Testament. We're to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. By the way, that would be a good study for us this year. What in the world does that mean? I'm to love him. The Holy Spirit's teaching me this, the love of the Spirit, how to love God. I'm to love him with all my heart. That's my emotions. I'm an emotional person. I'm not kidding you. My wife, Terry, she's from New York. I make jokes about her sometimes that she's not as emotional as me. I think she shed a tear back in the 70s. I believe she did one time. But no, honestly, I cry all the time. My, I'm, a, I'm very emotional. I watch the Hallmark Channel. I told you that last time. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not turning in my man card as I've been asked to do because I appreciate things that are a little more. I like to feel things. I read books that keep, listen to this, that keep my soul open. I want to weep with those that weep. I want to rejoice with those that rejoice. I'm telling you, listen to me, if we're going to love God with all of our heart, we've got to get in touch with that, with our emotions. You know, the soul is a seat of your emotions. All my heart, all my soul. Did you know we're also to love him in that, that supernatural element? That's that spiritual part. Not only the emotional part, but we're to love him with our heart and our soul. Our soul and our spirit is the only part that really connects with God. Somebody described worship as this. Worship is to, to, uh, to speak to and meet with God who is immortal and invisible. The immortal part of you, the invisible part of you, speaks to and meets with God who is eternal and immortal and invisible. If I were to ask you, did you spend some time this morning Worshiping him, loving him. If you did, it was the Holy Spirit that helped you with that. You see, the Holy Spirit not only showed me how to love, how God loves me and Jesus loves me, but he also is helping me learn how to love God. I'm to love him with my heart and my soul and my mind. I don't want anything coming to my mind. I'm not going to dwell on anything in my mind that doesn't bring glory to his name. I want to worship him and I want to love him with my mind and with my strength, physical strength. I don't have as much of that as I used to. Me and Terry were laughing this week. You know, they've got those big things of water, 40 waters is it now at, at Sam's or at, the, at uh, Walmart or as we call it in Dunn, the Walmarts we put an S on it But we ca I ca she said, I uh, got some waters there, but maybe we should carry them in together what are you talking about woman of course I can carry the waters in and I carried those waters in, my neck hurt me down my left side for days after that I don't know what we're going to do about it but, but here's, here's, what I want, I, here's what I want you to understand though we're to love God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Who taught you that? Who taught me that? Hey, who's teaching us that right now? Do I think for a moment as I look out upon all you spiritual young men and women and not so young men and women, here's what I know. You might look real spiritual, but you could, you could do with a little help in this area right here. Every one of us could love him more. Hey, I'm, I'll tell you this. Every one of you could love each other more. You could love uh, the church more. You could love the lost more. And the love of God, listen to this, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So he teaches us how much God loves us, how much Jesus loves us, how much we're to love him, how much we're to love God, how much we're to love, how we're to love Jesus. He teaches us how to do it. And that ain't all he teaches. Listen to this. He teaches us how to love others. 
I, I won't ask you how good you've done inviting your loved ones and your friends to come and experience the worship we have here. I won't ask you that. Because if I did, it'd bring a lot of conviction. I won't ask you how you shared your faith where you work recently. I won't ask you that. I'm thinking about it, but I'm not asking. I just want you to understand, listen to this, the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Spirit will help you know how to love others. I got some neighbors that get on my nerves so bad. I just want to be honest with you about it. They don't watch live feed. Please, Lord, don't let them ever watch live feed. I didn't even put it on my phone. So they, but years ago, it's a long story, but I'm going to tell it really fast. I have an old red truck they gave me on my 30th year at Central. It's a beautiful old 1955 F100 uh, Ford truck. Got all the dings in it just like I wanted. I always dreamed of it. I thought I'd get it later years of retirement, but they gave it to me on my 30th year. I was at the church one time. I'd been to the meeting with somebody. I'd driven somebody else's car. And I came back and jumped in my truck to go home. And all the way home, I'm hearing this <coughs> sounds like that. What the heck? So I go a little further, pull in, and sure enough, somebody had put a little puppy in the back of my car. Now look, puppies are wonderful for some of you puppy lovers and dog lovers. We travel. And I don't really love a dog in the house. Now, don't get mad at me about it. I'm just telling you. People, dog lovers, we're not. you got to clean them up after them and everything else. So I thought, what am I going to do, Terry? Somebody's put a dog in the back of my... All right, we, we'll put it in the outbuild. It's not too cold. I'll get a box. We'll take some food out there. In the morning, we'll take it to the shelter. Well, this neighbor says, don't take that dog to the shelter. I'm starting. Where are you going? To the shelter. Why are you going to the shelter? I'm taking the dog to the shelter. Why? Well, because we don't want the dog. That's why. Well, let me have the dog. That's no joke. This is not a story. Terry tell you, it's absolute truth. She takes that dog to the doctor, that little puppy, gets him a bunch of shots, spends $350 on him, brings him back. I'm going to tell you, from that day to this, Terry, how many years has it been? Seven, eight years at least. That dog has grown up now. He either is bitter toward us or he's demon-possessed <laughs> or he's, he's challenged. One or the other is true. I'm not kidding you. He knows me. He knows us. He, there's a fence here every day. When I say every day, I'm not joking. Terry, am I telling the truth? Every day we come out, that dog comes flying around that corner and just stands there and yaps. Just like that. I have to pray. I have to pray. Here's what I want to tell you, though. But we love our neighbors, and we don't want them to go to hell. And the enemy's trying to use that dog and anything else to keep us from connecting with them. But you know the, what the Holy Spirit does? He's helping us know how to love others. I hope he's helping you know how to love others. Let me give you my, my well, there's one passage. Do I have time? 11.05. Shoot, yeah. Just a minute. Just a minute. All right, watch this. Would you look at, with me at, at one scripture that is just so blessing me right now? And it's John chapter 14. John 14, it's like a love fest. Have you ever noticed the love fest in John 14? I want to be, I want to be this guy. Pastor talked about some encouraging things about me that he'd like to see in his life. And boy, that means the world to me. I don't, sure don't want to mess up. There's some things about the Lord I just want, I want to be true in my life. And loving is one of them. This passage helped me so much. Look at chapter 14, verse 20. Chapter 14, verse 20. Here's what he says. At that day, Jesus is talking now. At that day, you shall know. There's some, there's going to be a day you're going to understand this. That I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. Now, oh, good heavens. Wrap that all up. 
I'm in Jesus. He's in the Father. And he's in me all at the same time. Now that's a mystery. I don't understand all of it. But I'm in Christ this morning. I'm so, the gospel declares that I'm, I am, because I, I came to faith in him and because I acknowledge that my sin and because I believe what Jesus did on the cross for me, I am his and he's mine and I'm in him and he's in me and we're in the Father. Boy, that's a beautiful thing. Now let's watch the love feast happen now. Look at verse 21. Oh, excuse me, yeah, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is or she that loveth me. Lord, thank you for that because sometimes I wonder if I love you like I should, but I love your word. I love this Bible. And because I love your word and because I want to walk with you and keep your words, he said, you love me if you keep my words. So, so he said, he it is that loves me. Now look at the next part. And he that loves me shall be loved of my who? Father. And then Jesus jumps in and says, and I love him and will manifest myself to him. Now I'm almost done with this, but hold on just for a minute in that text. Make sure you understand this. He said, if you love me, I love you too. And the Father loves you. And then, and not only that, there's a special communion we're going to have together, this love thing. Because you love me, and the Holy Ghost is the one who teaches us all this. Because you know how to love me, and, and you're loving me, and I'm loving you, there's going to be a manifestation of my presence in your life in worship because of that love. All of that, I, I didn't understand all that until the Holy Spirit began to teach me the love of the Spirit. How not only God loves me, but I'm to love Him. And then notice the last part of this love fest here. Good heavens, it's sweet. Judas, not a scare, it says, Lord, how are you going to manifest yourself? In verse 22, look at verse 23. And Jesus answered and said, If a man love me, he will keep my words. This is one of my favorite verses. And my Father will love him. There it is again. And we will come unto him. Oh my goodness. And make our abode with him. This is, boy, this is next level to manifestation. This is not just, I'm not just going to manifest myself to him. But me and the Father, we're going to make a home with him. I'm going to come and live in him in such a way that when he walks in a room and when they walk in a church, there's going to be an, an obvious presence of God. There's going to be glory in that family. There's going to be glory in that marriage. There's going to be a realization of God all because of a man or a woman that learns how to love God. And we learn that through the work of the Spirit. Let me close. There's a third element. Number one, we saw that the love of the Spirit, first element is he shows us how much God loves us and how much Christ loves us. The second element, he teaches us how to love God and how to love Jesus and how to love each other and how to love our families. And then number three, we just learn of the love of the Spirit. Did you know the Holy Spirit loves you this morning? Have you ever thought about how that even before you came to Jesus, did you know who was some of the one who was some of the one that was pursuing you early? Before you were ever born. Because he was he's God. Genesis talks about uh, him and the Father and Jesus. Let's make man in our image after our likeness. He was right there. So he knew about you from the foundation of the world. And because he's God, he foreknew that you would come to him in faith. Maybe somebody this morning, just maybe, will say yes to Jesus this morning. Or whenever it was you said, did you know he was there? 
all through your childhood when he was showing you sin and when you messed up so bad or your family got all screwed up, he was showing you sin. When I was growing up and my dad was drinking and ripping and rearing and throwing things and all that, he was showing me the other side. He was showing me the world and the flesh and the devil. So I wouldn't want that. And then as a little boy, mother took me to a little Baptist church. And I heard about Jesus and I learned that there's a different side of that. And I had a Christian mother. And it was the Holy Spirit that put me in that family and showed me all that. It was the Holy Spirit that drew me and quickened truth to me and convicted me of my sin. And it was the Holy Spirit that pulled the curtain back to show me Jesus to love. I'm telling you, I, I love him because because he loved me. And then after he saved me, I'd like to say that I just became a sanctified vessel. Go to some churches, you'd feel like almost what happened. You know, like they ain't sinned a time since then. When they know good and well, they sinned on the way to church. Here's what I want you to know. I'm going to be as real as I know how. I'm a mess. I've been a mess ever since he saved me. He knew I'd be a mess before he saved me. And the Holy Spirit is there every day when my heart is drawn away or when my actions aren't what they should be to draw me back because he loves me to the bleeding side of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The love of the Spirit. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. I want to ask you a question. Here's the hard question. Do you love God? Do you love Jesus? Do you love the Holy Spirit? Is this something that's important to you in the new year? Because if it is, listen to this, out of it will flow family love like we were going to talk about this week. Out of it will flow fellowship love for your church. Oh, yes. But it all starts with just falling in love. You know what um, Vance Havner said revival is just falling in love with Jesus all over again. I want to fall in love with Terry more and more all the time. I want, to, I want to be that old couple that just still adores each other. If that's going to be true, I must fall first in love with my Lord every day. It sounds so unnatural because we've made things so cold and antiseptic in our fellowship with him. But I beseech you, therefore, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit. Father, is there a person in this room that the Holy Spirit right now, oh, I love him for this, is drawing them the way he drew me, those of us who are saved in this room? Is there somebody that the Holy Spirit's showing them the cross that Jesus bled on for, their, for them and for their sins? If there is, Lord, I pray today they'd say, yes, I'll take that Savior. I want him to be mine. May they not leave before they speak to our pastor and to others. And Lord, you have your way in this invitation, but Lord, I would ask you that in these seats there would be some who would bow at an altar or maybe even turn and bow in their chair. Say, God, I... I just want to love you more. I haven't loved you as I should. I, I've allowed worldly loves, earthly things to grab my passions, my time, my affections, and I want to be in communion with thee.
I love you. Lord, may this church be a light of the love of God through the love of the Spirit in this city. Thank you for already all the awesome things you're doing. And Lord, thank you for letting me be a tiny part by being able to love them. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.